Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast. The show about the show. The show within the show. You can always get this on the DA Show's podcast feed, which houses the best of all four full hours, Sunday morning football and the PGP, or on the Permission Granted podcast. You can get it there as well. So listen to us there. And also the Odyssey app is a great place for the DA show and podcasts. So if you want to listen to both, go to the Odyssey app for free on your phone, download it, and you can pause, rewind, fast forward radio and find your favorite CBS sports podcasts as well. So today's a Trash Tuesday, and Pat Boyle delivered an elbow from the top rope where he trashed his junk. He talked about how it was sticking to his leg, which is really gross, and how it couldn't shake free, and that was really, really gross. And he just kept going on and on and on. Pat Boyle, who are you trashing? Uh, This is usually one that's reserved for the summer. I don't know how it's happening. I don't know why, but it's... I try to usually make up a trash the night before. I want to know what I'm going to say. This one's organic, and it's a ball breaker, literally metaphorically. I'm trashing my own junk. For the last three hours here in studio, my balls have been stuck to my leg. And every time I take a step, I got to readjust myself. I'm doing like the damn Oompa Loompa Munchkin dance back here just to get my sack off my leg. I, I, I said to Sean, I've said it to Sean like four times now. It's uh, and I, you know what? I'm not going to fondle myself here in the studio with three grown men around me. Plus, that's disgusting. I don't want to touch myself. There is hand sanitizer. I used it before, but it shot all over me. I'm just it. It's ha- I'm having a rough day, and I know it's not the jeans because I've worn them before, and I got the ultra wicking Lululemon underwear on. So my balls are literally defying physics right now. But I'm literally standing back here. Like spreading my hips just to get it off my leg. It's it's uh it's infuriating. I've been dealing with it for three hours, so I'm trashing my own junk. Okay. Beep beep. Sanitation just arrived. Have you thought about anti monkey butt? I have. Uh, now I have. I might need some monkey butt. You know, I'd also suggest. Just... We know. We know now that Pete's out. That would yeah. not be a Pete trash. All right. The IRS is safe today. Yeah. <laughs> And Merez, this is the irony of it. He was running the board for Pete today like he did last week, which means he's in charge of the dump button, which means if one of us says something that's kind of borderline grotesque, he can dump it. When he says it, nobody can dump him. So he <laughs> took the ball and ran with it, and the three of us are like, can you say this on the air? It, it was incredible because I felt the same way, DA. I could have technically dumped it. I have one on my hand, but I usually lean on Pete for that. And I felt like he stepped up to the free throw line and towed it just enough that it was okay. 
but there was definitely a couple borderline moments, and hence, if you only heard the epic fail on Tuesday's show, you heard bleep outs because I tried to take the approach of, well, if Pete was here, this is what you wouldn't have heard on the epic fail. Pete is in the office as management this week, like last week, because our associate program director is out on vacation, and Pete then came in during commercial break. Did he hear it live, or did you inform him of it? I did not inform Pete whatsoever. Pete swung the door open, which he did about four times on Tuesday, which tells you he's missing the show a little bit okay. while he's the boss. The I, camaraderie getting, of the show. We can get into that in a second. I think he's missing a little bit of that, and his only comment to Pat was, and well, now we're on the PGP, so who cares? Balls sticking to your leg, really, Pat? And it was a sense of not Pete trying to be funny as his seat has been released for Pat, but I felt as if that was boss Pete oh. speaking to Pat. Hey, you let it go. Let it not happen again. I didn't sense that was DA show Pete speaking to the guy replacing him, joking around. I felt as if that was a Pete boss moment to tell Pat, you can't be saying that on the air. So you think Pete kind of wrapped him on the on the wrist like, hey, man, like, yeah. don't do that. Don't do that. Re- he gave him the really, re- like, you should second guess what you Was said. Was it laughing? No, he held back on laughing. Oh, wow. I laughed as the mediator because how do you not laugh when Pete has a serious tone and says the words balls stuck to your leg and not laugh knowing what I just heard Pat say. But, yeah, I got the sense that was that was Pete showing Pete's falsehood of saying, I'm here, I'm the man in charge, and that can't stand. What gives you the sense that Pete's missing the show? Well, Pete in general last week in his first week as acting boss and as someone else in the newsroom called him QB1 around these parts. <laughs> last week he was Acting a- associate program director. Yes. Although I- now our big boss is also out of the office working from home this week because yes. of other stuff. And so now Pete's the only physical person in charge here at the office. Right. So anybody with any sort of authority, even if it seems fake, that is actually in the building with us right now is Pete the body, which of course it works out that way in the two weeks he was given. Yes. Last week, in the first week of this, hey, Pete stayed out in his little computer, his nook. He he observed, as I said, he would walk around the newsroom kind of chest buffed out like he was a boss. And that was, okay, Pete's imposing himself, you know, swindling people into working holidays. Pete was doing a lot of that. This week, we are two shows in at the time we are taping this. And I have seen Pete come into the control room, I would say, a total of seven times in two shows and mind you, he's not in at 6 a.m., either Eastern time when we start. And some of it is a quick laugh here if he heard something on the air, and some of it is like the instance of Pat Boyle. And I just get the sense that here we are in week two, and Pete's missing the show a little bit and missing being part of it. I could see that because if you want to move to management, you do have to disconnect in many ways to the the camaraderie and – you know, what you build with a show, the rhythm of the show every day, the inside jokes of the show every day, the commercial break commentary every day, you have to disconnect. And I've often been like, I don't think I could ever go to management because I like the day-to-day too much on one show. I I don't want to be a supervisor, an overseer. I want to be in the guts of one show because that's what's the most fun. I agree completely. And I look at it as, like, that's another family, right? Like, how many, how much, I mean, all of us on the show, how much time a week do we spend together? 
arguably, some of us, more time than we spend at the dinner table with our own family. So I'm into that, too. I, and then you feel like, and I know you felt this way, I felt this way, Bogus has felt this way because we've made jokes about social media when on vacation. It's hard to disconnect for a full week, even if you've disconnected. Like, commenting on certain stuff, you guys really get my goat a lot of times when I'm on vacation that I'll jump in on and chime in on. Now we're talking about it, we made, you know, some commentary on our one boss being out for two weeks and Pete... We're talking about a second week of Pete not being part of the show. That is, and not only not being a part of the show, it's not like he's in Hawaii or Aruba. He's five feet outside the studio of the show. That is very difficult. You feel like you're hearing the party, but you're not in the party, so you kind of got to do it. That's a difficult task, two weeks. If you didn't like your day-to-day, going to management's great. You get paid better. You're an overseer. You have influence, but you have to be detached. And if you want to be detached, it's great. But if you don't, then it's yeah. hard. And so Pete, probably week one, is like, this is great. I got power. And then suddenly was like, oh, but I, I miss, I, I like my actual job. Right. And that's where I, I guess Pete will, down the road, if, if positions have to figure out what that is. And I think uh, he's doing a good job. He's handling it. But, yes, there is definitely a, a FOMO now with Pete the <laughs> bossy Bilotti that's that struck for sure. While being able to still come in and flex, hey, not only am I missing this, but I'm going to show you I'm the boss again by getting angry with Pat. <laughs> so I was I, – I couldn't believe Pat – well, first of all, before I get to that thought, I think Pat went with the aggressive kind of shock jock trash as a final shot. Because he had Monday, Tuesday last week. He had Monday, Tuesday this week. Connor does Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week and this week. So this is his last chance to fill in. I think. I actually think Pete's off next week completely. Pete's off next week? I think. Thanksgiving week? I I could be wrong, but I think Pat alluded to that he was not done, that he might be back on the show oh, Monday next week. Okay. But I may have misunderstood him or he may have misunderstood the schedule, and I know I'm not out, and we've even joked I'm working on Thanksgiving now. I think Pete might be taking a few days off next week. He's got to decompress after being a boy. Yeah, really. I mean, it's been an intense You're two right. weeks. I just thought that, oh, this might be Pat taking his shot because Pat's actually very good on the air. I've opened up. I've given him the floor a couple of times with some takes the last couple of days. I think he's I think he's good. He's strong on the microphone. Yeah. Not afraid to jump over the boards and jump in. Yep. And and I like that attitude because you know, if you've got something funny to say, say it, but it better be funny. And he's <laughs> right. he's pretty funny. He is. And he's pretty good. And I thought today was like if I'm going to be the guy that's willing to say anything, if I'm going to be the guy that kind of elbows my way into this little crew, I got to I got to make a splash here. I mean, because his trash is not kind of a meek kind of like, you know, thing. It's it's aggressive, and it's making fun of himself. Well, right. And remember, Pat has also had a past trash where uh, sex enhancers, male and— Erectile dysfunction erectile was a trash. Erectile dysfunction, right. So now he's back to the junk well, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and I, yes. And I think if you peel back the curtain, look, there were probably a couple moments, I don't know if the listeners noticed, where— Pat might have had a clunky moment. Like, for instance, Tuesday, he didn't have the initial trashes ready to go. And I think Pat 
from what I could gather from him, is somebody that cares about doing a good job, cares about screwing up. So maybe to your point, not only is it a final salvo, it's I don't want to be remembered for the bad. Oh, okay. So, okay, I might have made a mistake in the technical job here, and last week maybe I made a mistake here, but I want to leave them wanting more of me here because maybe this is my strength. Swing for the fences. Swing for the fences, which... I can't fault them for. Why not? No. Look, you're you're going deep. You yeah. know, you're going deep. You want to big make a big play. Stafford throws two picks. They don't just turn around and hand the ball off the rest of the game. So that's how we started Tuesday morning. Was that last week Pat had one or two mistakes and it was a shame because he's good on the air and I like to have him on the show, but you gotta have that part nailed down before I give you the microphone. Right. Your job is to make it sound good. You don't get the other stuff unless you do your job first well. And I told him last week, I'll go, you got to pitch a perfect game next week in your two shifts. I said, if you do, we'll use you more, but you got to be good on the board. Right. Yesterday, Monday, he was flawless. He was very good. So I'm thinking, fine. Gave him the room to roam yesterday, invited him as part of the show to talk on the air. Today, the first trash we have is in the top of the show. It's a caller red in Oregon. And I toss to the trash, and he doesn't have the trash. And he's searching for it in the bank. The audio's not ready to go, and it's a painful 30 seconds. Hey, buddy, I've been stewing on this for a while, and let me just qualify it by saying that Bogus, Moraz, and Pizza Body are like brothers to me. Brothers I don't know, but I still think about them and spend time with them every day. Okay. They filled in for you a few weeks ago. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay. So it came up talking about Taz and the Moose somehow, some way. And it was decided by Pizza Body that Taz was way more popular than Jim Rome. And, and, of course, you know, that's fair for him to think since he's a wrestling guy. Still love you, Pete. But... All of a sudden, Bogus and Mraz got on board with this. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he probably is a lot more. Well, all I can say is I've been to two Jim Rome tour stops in Portland, and I never saw Taz come out of the sky in a black hawk helicopter to 16,000 people. So you got to crack him on it, dude. All right. Let's trash him. Trash him? All right. On a Trash Tuesday, we're off to a rousing start. We don't even have the trashes ready to go. We're going to wait on this because Red called up to trash, and we're going to have to play a trash here for Red. Don't worry. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Don't worry. At some point, we're going to have a trash, and then I'll address the trash itself. Red in Oregon wants to trash Mraz and Bilotti and Bogish for suggesting that Taz is more popular than Jim Rome. Splash Brothers, more like the Trash Brothers. We did it! I have to play the clip of 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. We're waiting. We're wait. Finally, we get it. And now I'm like, that's the worst way for the board up to start off this Trash Tuesday. The trash happens to be a caller that's trashing you and Bogus and Bilotti for a conversation that you guys had when I wasn't on the air between the popularity of Rome versus Taz 
And you tell me, no, you were here, DA. And no, I say, well, why? You guys are talking about that. And I go, I wasn't here for that. And you're going, no, you were here for that. And you were out of it. No, you were here for that. I remember it. And I'm like, I wasn't here. <sighs> then Bogish says, I'm 99% sure you were here, DA. Kaplan says, I believe you were here, DA. And now I'm like, guys, I'm telling you I wasn't. I would remember the conversation. I know I wasn't. And the trash was just that I wasn't. Why are you guys, you know, push it back on me? So then that just pisses me off. And now I'm just wound because Trash Tuesday starts off with a total clunker. And it's the only thing Pat needs to do on Tuesday is hit a button that says trash. That's his only job. Then I'm getting pushed back on something I know I didn't say. I know I wasn't here for that. Then... We get into later in the show, and I hear Pete's take, which was people would recognize Taz in Times Square the same way they would recognize Rome. And I'm like, that's the dumbest take ever. Rome has more than a million followers on Twitter. Rome's on network television every Sunday on CBS for the NFL. Rome has been in major motion pictures, movies. He's been on ESPN or Fox every day or CBS every day for 30 years. Don't tell me that Taz has the same recognition. He doesn't. So that pisses me off that I wasn't even here to be like, that's the dumbest take ever. And then... You ask me what the poll question should be, so we write. So I, I type it. Oh, in. I forgot I, about I, this. I type, it, I type it to you in the G chat, and you're like, basically, where do you want the the question mark? I'm like, where do I want the question mark? You can't form a question. It's just a poll question. You ask the question. There's the question mark, and there's the two answers. And I'm just like, I'm not gonna get mad at this, but I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I, I'm going to tell you where the question mark and a question is at the end of the sentence. Where else would it be? And so I was just so wound tight over the first 90 minutes. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Now, <laughs> it's at 730 that that conversation happens. And I just roll my eyes. I'm like, man, figure it out. I, I don't even know. Like, put the oh. question mark wherever you want to put the question mark in the poll question. But then we play the clip. I, I asked... Well, actually, Cap sent you the video. You pulled the clip of this thing, this conversation you guys had. And I then got to riff on it, and I ripped Bilotti's take on this, that I tossed to Bogish, and Bogish kind of like, well, let's not talk about what we said, DA. Let's talk about Pete. He wanted to shift all the blame oh, to Pete. Oh, for sure, because he knew he was had on that. And once we got that conversation going, I felt so much better. I was like, that... The pressure was building, well, building, 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 and then we we pressed a lever and it went. So, and then the final two and a half hours of the show is really fun. So we can actually peel that back layer by layer, and the angst actually, Da, starts with Pete. It starts really? with Pete. So full disclosure, Pat was aware of last week's screw up. He came in with the right attitude on Monday, as you know, and as the listeners may or may not know. Monday mornings tend to be a little hectic. We have more NFL rejoiners. There's a gathering of sound that has to be done. I now am trying to spend a little more time on Sunday night seeing what we have and what we don't have to make sure we're good to go. A la, of course, we didn't have Najee Harris saying he wasn't aware there was no ties in the NFL, <laughs> something I, I had pulled. So Pat had the right mind frame, asking me questions as of Sunday night. What do we need NFL-wise? Let's get in lockstep. We had a good rhythm entering Tuesday morning. I send the topic list Tuesday night. I have a couple sound check ideas. You send one back. Then you also want a Jimbo Fisher sound. Moving parts. Pat, again, right attitude. We are texting with each other around the third quarter of last night's game. 
All right, this is what you're going to do when I get in. This is what I'm going to do when I get in. <laughs> Pat says to me, before we go on the air, about 10 to the show, hey, it's Trash Tuesday. I need to just gather the trashes. I will do that in the first break. I tell him, because the last time I needed to fire them, they are labeled as TT, which is how me and TT in our system, Trash Tuesday, it's how me and Pete had them labeled. Somewhere over the course of the last week or two weeks, the body, maybe with too much time on his hands, we don't know, or I can't speak to when he did it, he changed the labeling <laughs> of the Trash Tuesday no. drop. So you are not aware of this on the air. Pat was ready for them, labeled as TT Dash. They were now changed to, like, Trash Tuesday, but that's usually where just the open is. Then it was exactly what voice guy says. So Pat, who was going to figure out a way to organize these in the very first break, knowing we never do Trash Tuesday in the first segment, we happen to get this caller in the first segment. Pat's all ready to go with all the other sound he has. Now the caller comes out, has the wrong take, by the way, because tells me I bashed. A Rome for Taz. Had the wrong day, had the wrong take. Wrong day, wrong take. No, right day, wrong take. Right, right day, wrong take. So now that's where my folks go, no, 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 I didn't say that because I know that you're obviously going to defend Rome and I got to look out for myself. And on top of that, like a world we can't escape, you point for Pat to fire the trash who is planning on organizing everything <laughs> in the first minute and is now frozen because the labeling of the trashes is dropped and he can't find them. And obviously we can't say this on the air. We just have to eat you-know-what. And this sets you down the bad path. <laughs> now, as we peel back, that's curtain number one. So now Pat is all all miffed, okay? And now I'm sitting there going, okay, well, I'm the producer. I got to control this. Me and Pat had a good game plan. The game plan blew up in our face. What the heck is Pete changed on the way it's labeled? This is what's going on on our side. That's Stafford in the end zone, first oh. first drive, chucking a pick six. And I know, and I can see it in your face. I'm like, this sucks. The day is ruined. I got to figure <laughs> out a way to dig out of this hole. Damn it, how much more can I do with Pat Patch? And Patch trying. It's one, It's not like it's you know a bad scene. All right. So now the caller has this take. So now I got to go on a needle in a haystack witch hunt to find the take. And what I was associating this take with was we talked about Taz and the Moose and made fun of Taz when we did the... We can't believe how many morning well, shows we, we went we through. We made fun of the how we'd gone through so many morning right. shows of the, at CBS Sports Radio. And then we followed Taz the Moose. And I was saying, isn't it funny that we called it the Moose when nobody's ever called him the Moose? He's just Moose. Right. And so then that sent us down that kind of rabbit hole of, is it an animal, the Moose? Is it multiple moose? And that became a fail one day. Right. A very memorable in the last few weeks moment. Now. In the back of my mind, Bogus and Capital left me out to dry with you because they tell you we're ticked. <laughs> we didn't speak about Taz in multiple days, so it, none of that made sense. We're like, Dave, you were here when we did the Taz and the Moose thing. That's why we all swore by it. And peel back to curtain number two, ironically of any of us on the show, the one thing you are maybe lacking compared to the rest of us is you do forget when moments happen. It's, it's, it's part of what we do. So... It was a trust system. Yeah, DA was definitely there. We did this whole thing. He doesn't know what we're talking about. Came back to bite us. You were right about that. Glorious Splat on Twitch, which I'm now involved with, found that moment. I'm involved with. Right. Where Rome was mentioned briefly, but it wasn't to that what Pete had said. So it turned out the ne very next show was the show you were out. And Kaplan's target demo meme involved Taz and the Moose. And the conversation when the meme was released for target demo Friday involved 
oh, no, is Taz going to be angry and wonder why we're talking about him because a listener had tweeted at him. And Taz, as we've alluded to on the show, can get sensitive with me specifically, and it became a thing, which led us down the clip that we played, which was Pete saying, no, 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 you guys are dismissing how famous Taz is, and he's more famous than Rome, which I thankfully, the only win I had for the day, thankfully the tape— No, you pushed back on Pushed back. Now, not as much as probably you would have lit up to— but, boy, if I was caught my pants down there and defending Taz in any way, I would have been a dead man walking. <laughs> Rome is more famous than Taz. I guess he is. I, I just Because I don't know Taz. I don't, can't fully appreciate Taz's wrestling stardom. But Taz is famous. Whether, yes, he so, is. whether it's on a scale of 1 to 10, whether he's a 3 Jim or 8, Rome he's famous. Jim Rome could get recognized in Times Square. You would have to be a wrestling fan to recognize. That's fair. But either way, like Taz was subject to people... Criticizing him from his wrestling days, like you think he'd be yeah. immune to it, but and you're not. right, he did hear everything and wanted to Very respond sensitive. to everything. Look, but, they would notice Taz in Times Square. Uh, he is pretty popular with wrestling fans. No, but I think he would be noticed in general in Times Square. Pete, I could poll 15 people in my family that have no idea who Taz was. Well, that's your family. But that's my point. I'm telling you, wrestling fans. It's not like he's in movies. Like Jim Rome's actually been in movies and more yeah. recognizable on TV. Like. Taz, you have to really know wrestling to know Taz. He's famous in the wrestling world. No, right. I, think might, I think it might be even with, with Rome and him. Okay, keep Pete in management because he's so off on this. I mean, this is just the worst take of all time, that Taz is equally as famous as Jim Rome. Why do you guys keep telling me I'm here for a discussion that I wasn't here for? I remember doing Taz and Mooses. Yes, that was very <laughs> memorable. I remember that discussion. I know we wouldn't. I know I wasn't involved in a Rome was as famous as Taz because I would have absolutely taken a, a flamethrower to that take. Those days blended together because I remember the Taz Moose epic fail and also laughing about it. Mm. And this happened on back to back days. So, how we got on this discussion was the next day after that, the Target demo meme included Taz and the Moose, which led to us discussing wait, is Taz going to be angry at this? I think, Sean, in particular, <laughs> you did a good enough job for me pushing back on Pete. So, I think the initial. We yeah, might have been wrong didn't about to be trash. Yeah. No, that wasn't, that wasn't trash worthy. Thank you. Yeah, that Pete, Pete deserved to get trashed because yeah, that take sure. is ridiculous. So, that was the only <laughs> thankful moment I had. Thankfully, as you said, it turned the show around. But just so you know, there was a lot of panic, and that was the mindset from our point of view behind the scenes on what was going on. I know. I know. It was a tense couple of segments there where I knew I hadn't said something. I knew I wasn't part of the conversation. You guys insisted I was. I said, well, then find the audio clip. Then you guys go scrambling for the audio clip. We find it. I'm validated. And then suddenly, you know, it's like... We had packed on two or three mistakes onto the first right. mistake, and then it was it was. I could get to the poll question too in a second. Crescendo. <laughs> <laughs> so the best part about this is, and look for the record, Taz is very famous. Taz has a half a million Twitter followers. Like he's really famous. He's on t- TV. He's he was a wrestler. Like yeah, but it's just not at the level of Jim Rome famous. And my take was. Pete and other wrestling people get caught in that realm of thinking their stuff is way more popular than it is because it's so popular within their circle. But it would be like me saying, like, everybody knows Derek Carr. And then, like, nobody in my family knows Derek Carr besides I know Derek Carr. Well, and that's the thing where Pete or other wrestling fans will get angry, right? Because we bring up, like, niche things, right? I hope I'm saying niche right, but I believe that's correct. Okay. I always need to look at you and hope that I didn't just screw that up and it's not near the buffoon. 
in essence, most things are niche things, right? Sports radio as a niche audience. So does wrestling. So in the NFL, it might some might be broader than others. There, It takes a special kind of breed to be a crossover where even if you don't care about whatever that person is famous for, they're still famous because you've heard of them or know them. Jim Rome is one of the very, maybe on one hand, few sports media, sports talk people that, okay, maybe not everybody in the world knows, but even if you don't listen to sports radio, have never listened to Jim Rome's show, you know the name Jim Rome, you've heard of Jim Rome. There are plenty of wrestlers that cross over. I mean, and then a lot of them become actors, John Cena, The Rock. Taz, with all due respect, is not one of those people. So he is very famous in the wrestling community, but he does not cross over into anybody who doesn't watch wrestling knowing who he is the way Jim Rome would cross over to at least some people who don't listen to sports radio for knowing who he is. And I don't think that that's something that should have needed to be explained to Pete or even bogus for that matter. And I think because they worked with Taz directly, they were too close to it. And that's exactly right. And when I start lighting into Pete's take, Pete's not on the on the the show at the moment. Pete's not in the studio, but I start lighting into Pete's take. There is such a relief that comes over your body. You are so happy I'm lighting into Pete and anybody else besides you. And I'm just like putting it all on Pete and Bogus is smiling at you and Pat smiling at you and you're smiling back and it's just like, yes, it was relief. DA is trashing Pete and none of us. It, it was so, it was great for everybody because I got it out of my system and then you guys knew it wasn't on you guys and it was, thank God, this is great. It's a relief. And I'll tell you, my new favorite thing is something that I got crushed for, which was not being involved on Twitch. I love having that chat room up now and watching all these guys. Okay. Because their immediate reaction to that was, finally, DA takes it out on somebody else. <laughs> finally. Because it's you know well known that I'm the, I'm the whipping boy for any of that. And I have, I was so relieved. Because I knew, I knew at the very least, even if I was wrong about you being in there. And it's understand, I think it's at least understandable why all of us thought it was because how often do we talk about Taz? It felt like the same day and it wasn't. It was back-to-back days. It was back-to-back days. So I, I do think there's at least an understanding of like why we would have been confused on that. But thank goodness the, t- the tape at least showed that I was not the one who deserved <laughs> to be trash from Pete and Bogus. Right, right. The way Red, the initial caller, said that, and it was... A very rare win for me in recent weeks, and one that I am going to hold my head, hold my head high, and walk out of the building with today. It was the turning point of the game. <laughs> the really DHO turning point of the game. You're the first caller to identify that turning point of the game gets a White Castle <laughs> breakfast gift card. <laughs> it was the turning point. So you have background on the poll question. The bar. The poll question. Okay, a loss. Admittedly, bad time to ask you a question. I should have read the room, which is what Pat Boyle told me. Read the room. That was his initial response when you stepped back at me. Mraz, read the room. Okay, sorry, Pat. The poll question, and for those behind the scenes, I, I have no problem with this. DA usually comes up with the poll question every day. He has asked, hey, if you have input on the poll question, be the producer. Come up with the poll question which I am trying to at least, even if I don't have the exact question, hey, I think we should focal point here. I've tried to be more mindful of that. I had two ideas today. Do we go with monkey butt as, you know, what it was that something you would use or motivate you? And I forgot what the other one would have been. You take the monkey butt idea and you rephrase it. Because Bogus said 
that monkey butt powder should be called monkey butt powder when I told him the actual name of the powder is anti-monkey butt. And this is not part of the Tom Pellicero report at NFL Network. Again, this is real in the weeds yeah, type stuff. Is, but hey, this is what the PGP is here for. So we're going to, people have seen the poll question. We did analytics on it. So I sent you the, the poll question. Yeah, NRG chat poll question comes whenever DA sends it. My usual lean on trust is DA is more likely to be right on spelling and the way it's framed than me. I have to know the strengths of everybody in the show. So I will copy and paste that into the poll. Usually our poll questions are a question and answer where, like, you obviously ask the question. It's A lot of times it's yes, no, or we might go something like this. This question was, should uh, the powder be called, and then it was monkey butt or anti-monkey butt were the two answers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, the way the question was written and the answer written by DA, there was no question mark whatsoever. But we were starting the poll question with the word should, meaning... We are asking a question. So my NDA's ear, and it's the first time me and DA are discussing this, was should I put a question mark <laughs> after both answers in the poll question answer because it is like you're finishing the question by selecting the answer. Should this product be called monkey butt? And that, in my mind, means a question should be asked. DA's response very quickly was, what are you even talking What? Just figure it out. Put, put, Just put up a poll question. I have no time to focus on this. Pat Boyle initially, immediately turns to me and says, read the room. I left a question mark out entirely because at that point, I felt like it was a bit of a non-answer. And then if I made the call and it looked like the wrong call, I didn't want to dig myself a bigger hole. So I just said, I'm just leaving it at exactly what he wrote. And that was my mindset. <laughs> Does that make any more sense to you now? It does. It does. Although, I mean, at this point, it is, you're, like, you're like Jared Goff on the Rams. You're so scared to make a mistake. Absolutely. Because, in essence, all you got to do is add what to the beginning of that, that statement at the beginning, and that's the question. What should the powder be called? Question mark. Correct. And it's monkey butt or anti-monkey butt. I guess I wrote... Should the powder be called, and then colon, and the two answers. and then the two answers, and you didn't know, does it need a question mark? Right. Where does the question mark go? Should there be two question marks? Because look, I I know we we talk about my English, but you, my grammar, but you, know, but the, not... you know the essence of of what a question is. Yes. We ask a question every day on the yes, phone. Yes, but the point is the the way the question started, it did it is a question, but the ending of the question <laughs> results in the two answers. So that to me was, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Just, if I don't put a question here, he's going to kill me for not putting a question here. If I do ask about it, I'm going to get cr- It felt like I had no way out there. And you couldn't ask Pat. And you can't ask Pete. And you can't ask Bogus no. because what? Well, and that's the thing. it's just about forming a question. It's just about forming a question. So I get crushed about it's that. It's only a poll question. It's only a poll question. And you're also full tilt at this point. Which means the other guys in the show read when you're full tilt. It Pete can hear it out in the newsroom. Boyle certainly felt it. Bogus knows because I get the eyes from Bo- Bogus where Mirage tread tread lightly. And Kaplan will, will message me. He knows back there. Which means nobody's getting involved. <laughs> it's me out on the clothesline. And it's they are going to wipe their hands clean even if they agree with me and think it's valid. And just say, you're out there to rot. We're not getting in the way of this one. Well, I can tell you this right now. We're getting to Thanksgiving here. When I come back from Thanksgiving, I'm doing a full month of easy peasy. I'm not going to get mad at anything. 
I'm just going to let it ride. Oh, no. I don't like the sound of this. I'm just. This sounds worse. I'm going to just relax, let everything take care of itself. It's the holidays. It's the end of the year. You know, we made it. We made it through a year half where we were at home, pandemic. We made it through half of a year back of the studio. We made it through Boise. We made it through births. We made it through. (laughs) Multiple births. (laughs) We made it through me losing my voice for three days. We made it through me losing my ankle for two days. By the way, I'm off crutches and off a cane. That's very good. Rafiki's gone away. So I'm just, once we get to. To Thanksgiving, I can take my foot off the gas. We've pressed long enough. We've delivered what we needed to do. Management can think what they want to about our 2020 and 2021 seasons. You know, (laughs) hopefully, we don't have the same fate as Justin Fuente, but we'll get to a bell bowl. I promise. Look, there's there's decisions they've got to make on everything at the end of years. These were two relatively intense, stressful, pressure-packed years. These were our first two years in the morning, morning drive. So these two years, what the listeners might not recognize, maybe they do, is that we were positioned as a vital cog of the success of a network that, you know, for better or worse, has gone through some rocky times. And we joke about it, but it's also significant. And we were thrust into that role in the middle of a global pandemic. And the middle of, you know, people getting laid off, the middle of uh, a lot of economic turmoil, the middle of sports going away, the middle of sales going away around sports. So we, we happened, I don't know, it's like, taking over a college football program when a scandal hits and it wasn't your scandal. All right. You know, it's like, and now you got to pick up the pieces. You have a, you're on probation. You've got no bowl game for the next two seasons and your scholarships are reduced. And, oh, you better win 10 games three years from now because, you know, you're entrusted with that. So once we get to Thanksgiving, we did our job. That's it. We have steered the, the ship as far as we can steer it and then, Management can take what they've seen over the last two years, and they can do it. Do they, it they can they assess must. as they want to assess. But that's if there's a if there is a wonder why I drive so hard. It's because we were handed uh, a deck of cards that, frankly, like most shows, will never have to be dealt. And networks, you know, of course, everybody had to deal with this in our industry and and globally and every. Every part of the marketplace, every part of business, every part of, of families and, and life in general. But, you know, we we were going to be judged on our first two years that just so happened to coincide with the global pandemic. So that's why I drive hard. It is why I've been so focused. It is why I've been so intense at times. But Thanksgiving comes. This year's done, baby. Okay? I'm taking Thursday and Friday off. I usually don't take Friday off. I'm usually I back don't. here talking about Thanksgiving football. Taking Friday off. I'm decompressing. Got Sunday morning football on that Sunday. That's okay. Come back on Monday. We got the 12 DAs of Christmas coming up. Which I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be a great 12 DAs. I mean, an, an insane 12 DAs. It's going to be amazing. And then we're on Easy Street, man. We got holidays. We got we got Christmas. I don't even know if I'm off for Christmas day after. I don't know when it hits. I don't think I am. Well, Christmas, Christmas Day is Saturday? a Saturday this okay. year. Okay. So I'd probably take off Friday. 
Friday. I've already well prepared and not taking off Friday in anticipation that you will be here. That's what I I I assume. But I've already... I will be off the week after, so... I've already sent in my days. I think I sent them in in August. Yeah, you were way ahead. You didn't even allow Pete to be a bullshit to review him. No, I didn't. I didn't want to wait. No. No, you don't know. Gotta get him in. Gotta get him in. Gotta cast that Pro Bowl vote early. Boy, I am very scared for wild card. And by the way, we come back from Christmas. Even if you, you know, a lot of people are on vacation that week, you still have the two regular season weeks of the NFL this year. I know. I know. How wild is that? We're not talking about playoffs until late January this yeah, year. Yeah, I think January 15th is the playoffs. So, yeah, we just got to we got to land this plane a week from Wednesday. Once we do that, Oof. you know, then it's I'm I'm kicking off my shoes. I'm putting my 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 legs up on the easy boy, and that's the, it. The problem is we're about to fly through the eye of a hurricane. I think for the next week before we get there. And I say that kidding, but why? Well, now that you've set the standard of once we get to Thanksgiving, it's on easy street. Oh that yeah. Now it feels like the next five days are even more pressure packed than initial. Look, we need a two score lead going to the fourth <laughs> quarter because we could collapse still here. So. I'm not taking a playoff yet. We just need more balls to stick to legs on Trash Tuesday, and we'll be all right. Wow, what a week. Oh, it was only a day. It's been Yeah, it's only been two days here this week. And I just I find this amazing that we got a boss that's off for two weeks before Thanksgiving week, <laughs> where he'd only be back for three days. And... And who knows if he's here for those three days? I was going to say, that could be a very easy, ah, you know what, I'm off a flight two weeks, I'll work from home the next three days. Don't know who I've been around. (laughs) It's a good chance for that. Now, I was on baby watch from home for three weeks, so you're not going to see me throw stones. No, and I took my summer Fridays, you know, I soaked every one of them. But I just find find it wild. You know what, and not to go too long here with the PGP, but bogus. Boy, does he defend everybody but me, too. Even defending the boss off for two weeks, going, well, you know what? He doesn't have anything to do with sports season. We have one who's Bogish on in everybody's pocket here. That was such a bizarre moment. Yeah, it's interesting. Is it because Bogues just doesn't believe in – he doesn't believe maybe in attacking anybody? Remember when I, I did my Carson Wentz thing last week? Mm-hmm. And he definitely defended Carson Wentz. He was to the hill, defend Carson Wentz. You don't have to – whatever his decision is, you, you don't argue with it. It's a personal decision. Is that just the whole bit where he just doesn't believe in judging other people? Or does he just want to align himself with everybody? I think he wants to align himself with everybody. Because he had no problem on Twitter really going after Aaron Rodgers after (laughs) he came out. So he will attack some. uh, But I guess he just wants to align himself to people that he knows he'll see in person and align himself to. I don't know. I don't know. But I just wish he, you know... He's very quick to say, yeah, uh, remember, I said 99% sure. <laughs> I wasn't 100% like you, like, you know, with the with the backing up whether DA was here or not. Maybe he just hates conflict. And so if you call I out. conflict too, but I get caught in it. I don't. Well, that's true, but you create so much of your own conflict. You kind of hate conflict, but then you kind of welcome it. Well, I think when I hate conflict, but when conflict is there, I understand I have to dig in. I think. But on Twitter, you actively court. Uh, yes, conflict. although 
maybe unnoticed, I have very much gone away from you, that. You, you don't attack people as much anymore. I really don't. I, I don't know whether it's just me growing as a person, me not having the time for it, me understanding how big an idiot I could sound like, but I've really, really tried to go away from it, unless it's completely obviously in a joking matter, like when the Broncos come after me on Twitter. You know, it's interesting because that was basically the subject of my my trash today, which was I tweeted out a tweet that I thought was pretty innocuous when it was kind of a joke, actually. It was the Patriots just looked really good beating the Browns, and suddenly I started hearing, are the Patriots the best team of the AFC? And then Cam Newton scores two touchdowns in two plays against Carolina, and I'm like, that's, that's a great story. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Carolina. And, and now maybe they've got the quarterback to get to the playoffs. And I kind of jokingly just tweeted like, I can't. I'm I'm looking forward to the revenge Super Bowl, Cam Newton versus the Patriots. Not thinking for a minute I would get hate, and just reply after reply after reply from Patriots fans that were like, "What do you mean revenge? We gave him his only shot. Bill get Bill signed him twice. Revenge for what? Yada yada yada." And like clown emojis and crying face emojis. You're such an idiot. You got ratioed, and I'm like. Whoa, where did this come from? And it, it just struck me like, man, some things on Twitter aren't worth it. And you just kind of like have to sometimes walk away from the conflict because it makes it so unfun. Yes. And maybe that's what you're sensing. Oh, for sure. Because I look, there are things I know might be a little ridiculous to argue about. And my a lot of my arguments stem from the fact that I just, as a sports fan, I grew up in a two-team town where it was always fun to... You know, all right, we're going to troll the Met fans here. You're going to do this. And I just kind of accepted Twitter at times to be like that, and it's really turned not to be like that. And, yeah, I had a moment like that on Sunday, too. As Mike White is struggling all over the field at MetLife Stadium, clear as a bell, that was the game we had sound on here in New York. It was, we want Flacco. We want Flacco. Very audible on the broadcast. So I tweeted, we want Flacco chance at MetLife because, of course, following the whole Mike White era. The very first response I got, and I had, you know, quite a few retweets from Jet Beat reporters. Somebody who was at the game telling, calling me some kind of fat bozo that doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm at the game. Nobody's chanting that. And I read it, and I didn't even respond. And thankfully, three people immediately responded to this guy. Well, maybe if you were watching the game on TV, you'd hear clearly. But right to the fat, right to the bozo, right to the I don't know what I'm talking about when I didn't make it up. Everybody heard it on TV, and it's like, I wasn't even tweeting that as an attack on Jetfish. <laughs> yeah. It was just a funny observation after everything we went through. And somebody at the game was probably miserable because they're losing 45 to 7 has to come at you and with the name calling. It's just why? Why do we have to be like this? I don't know. I I don't know. I've also sensed maybe maybe it's the darkness with the time difference or or the weather getting colder. People's just they're yeah. more angsty right now. Stress, money's holidays, stuff like that now. Twitter feels really way more angry today than it did even right. like two months ago. Right. So I don't know. I at this point, like, yeah, the people that want to f- actively are looking to fight. Right. Like that's not what I'm here right. for. But even if you want to fight over somebody putting out a take that you hate or fight, people are wanting to fight over things that are just meant to be funny tweets. Yeah. And that's a pro. That's where it becomes dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're taking something that doesn't even need to be fought over. No. Is that like I imagine I said like uh the Patriots are total frauds. They're gonna collapse the second half of the season. Okay. You know, then you wanna right. come after me and go, You're an idiot, you didn't watch the game, yada yada yada. Fine. I complimented them and people were just they had their fists balled up waiting to pound back. 
Now, I know that I've engendered a lot of hatred amongst Patriots fans for understandable reasons, so they're probably more prone to come at me after. But I just think that's happening everywhere. I, I see just that a lot on Twitter in general. It's just like, and then people that, that take the bait and fight, it's like, it's, oh. oh, oh I, I just, I don't know. And look, again, I'm guilty, and I don't want to say I'll never do it again. But a lot of that is why I've just, I don't find the enjoyment in that anymore. I have so many better things to do with my life than that. That's the way I look at it. And I think maybe some people are just realizing that on Twitter to just be like, yeah, I'm not in on Twitter on like the given take. I'm, I'm in just to like get my news. Right. Is it worth it? That's the way you have to look. Is it worth it? Mentally, is it worth it? A lot of times it's just not. No. And I think a lot of people just in general are really angry. And so they just, it expresses themselves in other places as we talk this whole PGP about, I was angry earlier today. <laughs> it comes full circle. Uh, last point was Steve Summers, who has been uh, a fixture at WFAN in New York for 34 years, retired the other day. We named the break room after him. We're running out of places to name it. <laughs> I know. That was I my know. first response when I saw that. We've we've had like four different people retire over the last year since we've come back from pandemic, and they're running out of rooms to put plaques and name things <laughs> after everybody. Did you stick stick around for that yesterday? Uh, I did not. I I saw a couple people that I hadn't seen in a long time, but I had spoken to Steve on the phone and said my goodbye. Oh, cool. Time, so cool. Yes, I kind of wish I was here for it just to to say so long, but I figure I could do the same thing. He was always great to us. We did the overnights. He would do nights. And late night, and right. so we would see him during that crossover, but we haven't seen him in a long time. Right. So that kind of bums me out that I kind of missed yesterday, and I haven't seen him in a while. But I was thinking to myself, um, Craig Carton said this, like 34 years does not happen in this industry ever. Not doesn't happen anymore. We're now through year nine, right? We just finished nine years. Well, we will December 31st. Wow. We started. Are you sure nine? Yeah, because we started January 2nd, 2013. So by January 2nd, 2022, will have been nine years. Oh, my God. Now, so we've been doing this a long time here at CBS Sports Radio. This is longer than I've ever had any other job at any other market by a number of years. Could you imagine doing what we just did three more times or two and a half more times? I don't know if I have that many mistakes in me. We would have to do this show for 25 more years That's to a- get to his mark. 25 more years. That's incredible. Incredible. Outrageous. I know the only thing you could take to the bank is if we did make it that far, the Lions probably still would not have won a playoff game. <laughs> that is that is a remarkable, remarkable run. What a feat. What yeah. an achievement. And I, I told you this off the air. They'll probably say this. My favorite Steve moment, Steve Summers, WFN, when I, when the network launched and I was going to be working with you, I had worked with Steve for a long time. That was my like my main gig at the end of WFAN there before I came to CBS Sports Radio. He took myself and two other producers out to a Brazilian steakhouse in December 2012. It was Christmas time. Okay, Steve, this is where you want to go for dinner. He sat down. No, 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 nothing for me. What do you mean nothing for you? I just want to sit here and watch you guys eat with the green cards up and see how long you could go before turning the red. He paid for everything for me and two others, and he said, I am fascinated because he always saw us eat dinner. We worked night shifts and stuff. You guys eating always fascinates me because Steve was famous for basically just eating salads at night. And he took us out to dinner but would not eat dinner. Instead, for two hours, keep the meat on this skillet coming, keep this coming. 
and basically treated us like his entertainment <laughs> for the night. We were TV to him. Two hours of watching me, another heavy guy, and another guy who could eat but wasn't so heavy eat for two. That was Steve. That's what he wanted. His gift to us was also a gift to him that he could just watch us eat. You were zoo animals. We were zoo animals to him. It was... When you look back, it's funny, but it's one of the more bizarre moments of my life. But it was a good time. And that was that was Steve. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend. He was great to us. And uh, I tweeted this out the other day. I think I'll, I'll talk about this on the air as well sometime this week. He never took himself seriously. No. I love that. He always cared about the listeners. I really love that. And he always had this, like, don't worry about it. It's only sports. And I always loved that. You know, you, you, he just had this really great, I thought, perspective on everything, maybe for being in it for 34 years. He's like, eh, what? it's only sports. What is it? It is true. And and the listeners were always his first part. Always, always, always. If you couldn't get through during during the day, he was not only going to let you go, come through, he was either going to needle you, mess with you, or give you more airtime than another host would. He was always about the and just with the greatest smile on his face too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of he will be missed. He is a legend. Okay, well that'll wrap up side A. We went real long, so you might not even have to do a side B here. Yeah, well I'm already looking at the time and sensing what Bogus told me on time wise. So we are at a 46 minute PGP here. So that's usually even somewhat longer than we normally go with two sides. So we're real-time producing this as we talk about it. Well, do you want to just wrap this thing up, or do you want to... Well, this... be, now, it was a tense start. You, you've lightened this. I don't want to say wrap this up and then get the... You're taking the easy way out. So. 46 <laughs> minutes is a really heavy PGP. Yeah. So unless Bogus has something to get off his chest... I'm going to assume he doesn't. Why don't we wrap this? I will speak to him. If okay. he's good to go, then we will end this. Here. Oh, by the way, Aiden called his first game the other day. Marquette took on Illinois, big upset of number 10 Illinois, in fact. He was on color on the student radio broadcast. So Aiden, who's producing this in some ways, he yeah. helps us out with the PGP. Yeah, any of the tense moment clips that you've already heard by the time you listen to this will be because of him. Congrats on the call, and perhaps we'll uh, play some Aiden calls sometime this week of him on uh, oh. on some color analysis. If Bogus could actually get us more than one call, we could do an Aiden versus Bogus dojo of death. Why would Bogus do it? Well, we could take Bo Bogus Delaware football. Calls. Oh, Delaware football. Well, Fordham basketball. Oh, Fordham basketball. Great, great point. I forgot about Fordham. I basketball. thought you meant Dojo of Death of Aiden versus the professional broadcast. No, no, no. Aiden versus Bogus. A little in-house Dojo of Death. Okay. Work. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right. So Aiden and Bogus, if you're both listening to this. <laughs> This is how wonky a PGP it's been. All right, that'll wrap up the PGP for side A and side B. Together today, we will see you next week. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.